It's Thursday, and it's y'all, the show all about the South. Hello, welcome into this exciting program. I'm John Raw. We're glad to have you aboard. And we've got plenty of good stuff coming your way on this Thursday edition. We've got a look at the 20 places every Southerner should see before they die. And that's coming up in the next segment. So don't die before it's time for this feature later this hour on the Y'all Show. Also later this hour, as Hurricane Florence pounded the Carolina coast last week, the town of Beaufort, North Carolina, is right on the Atlantic side of North Carolina. And when this show got started back in June, our first spotlight for a place to go in the South was Beaufort, North Carolina. And we thought in an effort to help people plan out vacations in 2019, you should go to places like Beaufort, North Carolina or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, areas that have been hit hard by Florence. We want you to consider going there in the future. Not now. Give them a few more months to get on their feet. But in the future, perhaps go to areas like the Crystal Coast in North Carolina or the Grand Strand in South Carolina. And Tourism Director Patricia Suggs was our guest back in June. And we're going to have an encore of our spotlight of Beaufort, North Carolina. And they're going to need all the help they can get right now, but even in the future, as tourism's going to suffer a little bit, well, let's help them out. So we're going to tell you about this beautiful little spot. I've been there right beside Moorhead City. It's a great tourist destination anytime. And other than when a hurricane comes through, give it a couple of weeks, but it'll be back up and going strong. And we'll talk about past hurricanes on this interview later this hour. In hour two, we're going to look at some books. We, we're telling you in this hour, we're going to tell you about the 20 places every Southerner should see before they die. Well, how about another list? And this comes from southernliving.com. It's the best new books coming out in summer 2018. Well, technically, it's still summer, although not for long. So before the summer ends, we've got some good books for you to check out. If you haven't already got these in your in library at home in the den, well, we have good selections picked out for you. Thanks to southernliving.com. And then hold on in hour two. It's going to be perhaps more than you can handle if you're a Kentucky Wildcat fan. As Mike Allison from Lexington, Kentucky will be coming on to talk about the 3-0 Kentucky Wildcat football team ending the streak against Florida just a few weeks ago. After 31 straight years, UK got it done in the swamp. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the big matchup Kentucky has this weekend at Kroger Field against Mississippi State University. It's 3-0 versus 3-0, dogs and cats. And we'll also discuss Kentucky basketball. Yeah, when you talk about Kentucky athletics, you kind of have to talk about some college basketball. And that'll be up and going in two months. So we'll get Mike's take on the 2018-19 version of John Calipari's squad. And as a super-duper extra bonus, Mike, who double duties not only as a Kentucky insider, but he works for the local single-A minor league baseball team, the Lexington Legends there in Kentucky. They just won the South Atlantic League, the single-A organization with teams across the Southeast, and that team just won last week. So we'll talk to Mike about the Lexington Legends winning the Sally League, and we'll also give some love to our other minor league baseball franchises around the Southeast who also just won in minor leagues, A, AA, and AAA levels. And we've got teams in Tennessee that have won and in other southern states. So we'll tell you about it coming up in Hour 2. We get Hour 1 underway with a look at the headlines from across the region. 
And President Donald Trump went to the Carolinas Wednesday to survey damage from Hurricane Florence and also to visit with citizens. He helped pass out food at a distribution center at Temple Baptist Church in New Bern, North Carolina. And he went on his helicopter, Marine One, touring North Carolina's coastal areas as well as the flooding in both North and South Carolina. Thousands of evacuees have been urged to stay away from their homes as rivers keep rising. So this is not going away anytime soon. The president spoke with state and federal officials at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point on the Neuse River in North Carolina on Wednesday. He praised first responders and said the country mourns with the families of at least 37 people killed by Hurricane Florence. The governor of North Carolina told Trump that the state got a gut punch and the state is still reeling from this epic disaster and widespread storm. We got a long road ahead in the days, the governor said, in the months and even years ahead to make sure we build back. But the president did did go down and check out the damage and bring some smiles, I guess, to the people there in this flood-ravaged area of the Carolinas. And his daughter-in-law, actually, well, this is a very personal story to her as she grew up in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. We're talking about Lara Trump, who's married to Eric, President Trump's youngest son from his first marriage, the blonde-haired guy, not Don Jr., but the other one. And Lara has been sharing photos of Florence Damage on her Instagram account, even showing a photo of her grandmother's home in eastern North Carolina where she went a lot as a child. And and again, this was very devastating. I'm not sure if she went with the president to North Carolina on Wednesday. My guess is she probably did. She may have even already been on the ground in eastern North Carolina when all this went on to, to help out. But she says that the picture photo is her house, is her granny's house, and that is located in Ivanhoe, North Carolina, in eastern in the eastern port part of the state. And she says that Ivanhoe is a place my mom has always called home, and the church that I've gone to with her as long as I can remember. And she put this a picture out on Twitter of the devastation in that part of the state of North Carolina. And she went on to put on social media, people aren't talking about the hurricane anymore. It's easy to put it out of your mind, but destruction is still happening in North Carolina. People's hearts are still breaking, seeing their homes destroyed. People and animals are still being rescued. Some people are still losing their lives. Don't stop praying. My home state still needs you. And that from Lara Trump, the daughter-in-law of President Donald Trump. And she mentioned people rescuing animals. Did you see? I know that the hog industry and the chicken industry are really big in eastern North Carolina and in eastern South Carolina as well. Yes, that area also has had tobacco, but lots of livestock and lots of poultry processing in those two states, specifically in those areas. And gosh, the flooding has caused millions, I would say millions, of animals to drown. And it's just got to be a disturbing, disgusting cleanup of that in addition to all the other damage going on in the states of North and South Carolina right now as a result of the flooding and the continued hardship going on in those states. Well, we've had, like we said, at least 37 people die as a result of Florence. And this story coming out of Ory, South Carolina, Ory County, South Carolina, where Conway 
is located. By the way, the president stopped by Conway Wednesday on his tour of the Carolinas. Two women being transported in a O'Ree County Sheriff's Office. This is where Conway and Myrtle Beach are both located in O'Ree County, H-O-R-R-Y, by the way. They drowned in the Sheriff's Office van Tuesday when the vehicle was overcome by floodwaters. And the vehicle was staffed by two O'Ree County Sheriff's Office deputies. They were transporting the detainees from Conway, South Carolina, to Darlington, roughly an hour and a half inland. And this van was traveling west on U.S. Highway 76, and it was overtaken by flooding from Hurricane Florence. And the two deputies say they attempted to extricate the persons being transported, but it was not successful. And these two inmates, who were both female inmates, and they were, according to one story, mental patients as well, dying in this van being transported by the O'Ree County Sheriff's Office. And according to one story I read, the victims are still trapped or still not being rescued because the floodwaters are too strong there in that portion of the PD. But a sad story there is inmates drowning in a van. You have to wonder, what the world was this van doing going down a highway where floodwaters were even potentially there? Just kind of a bad thing. The State Law Enforcement Division SLED is looking into the scene and investigating the deaths of these two inmates in South Carolina. Not sure if Florence was the reason, but a Georgia fisherman reeled in a very rare Kemp's Ridley sea turtle this week. This happened at Tybee Island, just near Savannah, Georgia. And he took this turtle in off of a pier on Tybee Island. John Amon, he caught the sea turtle accidentally on Monday. And a witness to the event posted pictures of the sea creature to the North American Field Herping Association's Facebook page. Field herping. I have no idea what that word means, but that's my new word of the day. The turtle measured 26 inches in length and was released after it was caught. So this is a rare type of turtle, a Kemp's Ridley sea turtle. And if it's that rare, you have to wonder, surely... Florence coming through with all the winds and rain and tides turning and such. That had to be part of the reason this turtle was caught off Tybee Island on Monday. Beautiful creature, if you happen to see a picture of it. Again, we'll have to look up herping and we'll also look up the type of turtle this thing was. The other day on the show, we told you about in the state of Georgia not talking turtles here, but we'll talk about human beings if you don't mind. The Republican primary was held earlier in the summer, and they're in, in Habersham County, which is where Cornelia is, and they don't say Cornelia. They actually say, I should have known this, having lived in a county near there last year. It's Cornelia, <laughs> Habersham County, with other towns like Demarest and Clarksville also in that part of North Georgia in that county, Habersham County, Northeast Georgia. There was a Republican primary, and a incumbent lost the election. And the day after the election, someone he knew came up to him and said, you know, I would have voted for you, but your name wasn't on the ballot. And the guy knew that this person that told him that was certainly in House District 28. And he got that thinking. What's up with this? So after some research, sure enough, there was an error 
in the voting system in Habersham County, and a lot of people didn't have the right ballot, and they couldn't have voted for him. And a judge ruled on Wednesday in Atlanta that this House district is going to have a, another election. He's ordered a redo in State House Primary District 28, and it's only Republicans running. There is no Democratic challenger. And so you're going to see another vote between Representative Dan Gassaway and Chris Irwin. And Irwin says, okay, it, and by the way, Irwin won this race. He says, all right, we'll just have to run and win again. But very hard to unseat an incumbent, even if it is Republican v. Republican as this will be. But I can't believe that in 2018 you could have that kind of a screw-up. And if it happens in a place like Habersham County, which is very nice, very technologically savvy area in Georgia, then reports and accusations of voter improprieties across the country, it makes sense to me that that these screw-ups could happen. And it happened here, and it happened totally on the Republican side. So when you have people from different parties going up against each other, I think it opens it up to even more improprieties. But in Habersham County, there's going to be another election for this seat, and it's going to take place December 4th. So they got another two months of campaigning. Look out if you live in Habersham County. Your mailbox will probably get filled with all kinds of propaganda between now and December 4th. Don't you love election time? If you live in an area, especially like for a presidential election, where it's a lot of primary stuff going on, those states like South Carolina and Florida that have major impacts on the presidential race. I know in 2016 people were sick and tired of all the campaign materials they received, both Republican and Democrat. Roy Moore, he tried his hand at the U.S. Senate race in Alabama and failed. Doug Jones won that. Of course, part of the reason, and maybe the only reason Judge Moore failed, was the accusation of him essentially being a predator, a sexual predator on teenage girls. That was a big story when this race happened. Well, because of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now with U.S. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh having sexual misconduct allegations levied against him, Judge Roy Moore came out yesterday in an interview and said that he's called on Republicans to take a stand and support suggested Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh. And, of course, he's no stranger to such sexual allegations, as he was accused by nine women of sexual misconduct that occurred during the 1970s. And Moore has denied all of these allegations, though he did concede to dating young women back then. And he went on to tell this interview on One America News in an interview that was posted Wednesday that he thinks that Kavanaugh needs to take a stand, Republicans need to take a stand, and they need to do what is in their conscience and what it dictates. It's so obvious that these tactics are used just days before a very important event, but these come up right before an election or a confirmation, and I think the Republicans need to take a stand. I think a lot of them don't. They don't like criticism. That coming from Alabama's Roy Moore, who I would say he kind of took a stand, but there was so much going on against him that it was it was hard in a deep red state like Alabama for Roy Moore to win. Of course, he was 
somewhat controversial even before the allegations came out against him as he had been kicked off the Alabama Supreme Court for taking a stand. He took a stand for the Ten Commandments. Remember, he had a Ten Commandments statue in Montgomery at the at the state Supreme Court, and it was removed, and he got removed, and he's just kind of been a lightning rod for media interest for some of the stands he's taken. And he's saying that Kavanaugh and Republicans need to take a stand, and they may end up prevailing in Kavanaugh's effort to be the next U.S. Supreme Court justice. A U.S. congressman from northwest Louisiana is in the news because he says atheist litigation groups are trying to spy on a Christian student group at a school in his district. Republican Representative Mike Johnson made the allegation on what he just described as his campaign personal Facebook page. The Shreveport area newspaper reports he declined through a spokesman to answer questions about his alleged attempts to get private investigators to make hidden video of Christian activities at Benton High School in Louisiana or to name the source of what his post describes as, quote, very credible information. A trial is scheduled April 8th in a federal lawsuit alleging that Bosher Parish schools promote Christianity, and it was filed by Washington-based Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. That group says it has not hired investigators to spy on students. But Mike Johnson in northwest Louisiana in the news for that. An Arkansan is in the news, and it's not good for him, as Cody Wilson, a Little Rock native, got in the news in the last couple of months because he had big plans for printing plastic guns, those three-day printers that make plastic guns, and he got some national attention for his plans to make 3D guns. Well, he's now been arrested for sexual assault in Texas. According to authorities in Texas, he paid a girl under the age of 17 $500 for sex at a hotel in Austin, Texas. Sexual assault of a minor is a second-degree felony in Texas. You may recall a big story from 2017 of a 15-year-old girl from Columbia, Tennessee, being kidnapped and taken all the way across the country. She was missing, and her 51-year-old teacher at the time was the one that stole her and took her on a month-long manhunt. Well, that 15-year-old was named Elizabeth Thomas, and she is giving an interview Friday night on ABC's 2020 where she talks about the ordeal of being kidnapped. She said that she went along with it to save her family, and she said if she didn't go, her family could get hurt and die as well. And she said that this former teacher coerced her and made threats, and she said she didn't have a choice. And she was found in Florida. According to Thomas, the former Murray County teacher who kidnapped her, Tad Cummings, wanted to try to go to Panama with her because he had been there before on mission trips. And again, this interview is being aired on ABC News's 2020 program tomorrow night. Tune in if you want to see this tearful interview of a youngster being wrongly influenced by a teacher who then kidnapped and took her and just just was a bad story. Luckily, happy ending that she was able to get out of it. He's arrested and he's actually pled guilty to the charge and will be in jail a long, long time. If you live in the Sunshine State, let me be the first to tell you right now, go fighting lions. Okay, well, that may not have quite the ring as 
Gators, Seminoles, Hurricanes, and more. But I'll tell you why we give Fighting Lions some love. That's because Florida Memorial University in Miami Gardens is ranked in the top three of Nietzsche, a research firm. Their top ranking of the hardest colleges to get into in the state of Florida. The number one college in the state to get into is the University of Miami in Coral Gables. Number two, the University of Florida in Gainesville and FMU, Florida Memorial University, a historically black college, comes in at number three. Other schools in the state in this list of hardest schools to get into, the 10th hardest school in the state to get into is the University of South Florida. Number 11 is UCF. Number 12 is the University of Tampa. And at number 14, hey, I might get in this, this one, Florida State University in Tallahassee. Niche ranked a total of 39 schools in Florida in this listing of the hardest college to get into in the state. In the state of Mississippi, hey, scattered, smothered, and slivered. Yeah, a man walked into a Waffle House in Macomb with a live snake around his neck this week. A cell phone video shows the man in the restaurant when a guard confronts him and the man, or should I say idiot, removed the snake, stepped toward the officer, and yelled, quote, let's do it. Onlookers scattered, and they did not smother their screams. Good, good terminology there. Officers escorted the man and the snake out of the Waffle House. No word yet if the police there in Macomb are going to have any charges forthcoming for the snake man in Waffle House in Mississippi. Lord help us. Well, it's a good thing Snake Man and McComb at the Waffle House there didn't go to the Waffle House in Livingston, Texas. The reason? That city has one heck of a mayor. This mayor of the town of Livingston, Texas is one bad arse. Judy Cochran, who became the mayor of Livingston back in May, well, she says she's a good mayor, but she's not much of a hunter. But if you go and look at what she recently did when she pulled out her gun... You'd be impressed, and I've got something even more impressive to tell you. Mayor Cochran of Livingston, she killed a 12-foot, 500-pound alligator, and she did it in one shot. Oh, by the way, Mayor Judy Cochran of Livingston is 73 years old, and she's a great-grandmother. And one hell of a shot, taking down a 12-foot, 580-pound gator in Texas. She got a permit to shoot. Texas, they have some huge gators, and she took care of that. She said her grandchildren call her Nana, and she says, don't mess with Nana. Don't mess with Nana. Don't mess with Texas. (laughs) But a 73-year-old great-grandmother and mayor in Livingston, I've been to Livingston, not far from College Station, one heck of a shot. And she might need to find her way to Macomb, Mississippi and deal with a bozo going into Waffle Houses. Well, that's what's going on in the Southland here on the Y'all Show on a Thursday. When we come back, we're going to have Festive South. We've got a listing from countryliving.com of the 20 places every Southerner should see before they die. Maybe Livingston, Texas is on that list. We'll be right back after the break. 
Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. This is the Y'all Show, where we talk about the South, and we do what we hope is a good job of talking about it, because it's, it's kind of easy to do. We're glad to have you aboard here. I'm John Rawl. Our number is 803-816-1170. Call or text 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't take any days off. No sleep for the weary. This is the show all about Dixie. And we are going to have plenty of Kentucky Wildcat talk coming up in Hour 2 as Mike Allison will be our special guest as the 3-0 Cats get ready to host the 3-0 Mississippi State Bulldogs in Lexington this weekend. We'll talk some football and basketball and some minor league baseball with Mike in Hour 2. Plus, we'll give you a spotlight of some good books to check out before the summertime officially ends here real soon. That's ahead in Hour 2. But right now, we are going to celebrate our region with what we call Festive South. And we've got a Dixie destination for Festive South coming up in the next segment as we're going to have an encore of an interview we did earlier in the summer with Beaufort, North Carolina's tourism director, Patricia Suggs. Beaufort was hit hard by Hurricane Florence. And we're going to go back to a few months ago and let you learn more about this historic town right on the coast near Moorhead City kind of halfway between Wilmington and the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And it's a lovely place. I've been there to to not only visit, but hang out for several days. And we encourage you to maybe consider 
North Carolina, South Carolina's tourism options in 2019, especially if you've never been over there. If you live in parts of the South that normally you may go to, let's say, Destin or Panama City or Pensacola or Gulf Shores, try to sneak in a trip to the Carolinas next summer, next spring. They could sure use your support. But we'll have Beaufort coming up in the next segment. Right now, I don't know if Beaufort's one of these 20 places, but from the editors of countryliving.com, they've got an article out called 20 Places Every Southerner Should See Before They Die. And Nadia Chaudhuri wrote this, and I want to see what Nadia has got. As I think I've seen a lot, but there are some places on here I have not yet seen. And the first place she's got on her 20 places every Southerner should see before they die is Groon Hall or Green Hall. Might be the correct pronunciation. I've seen the name. I've never heard it pronounced, actually, in New Braunfels, Texas. And this is a music hall there in Texas where people like George Strait, Lyle Lovett, and Willie Nelson have all played. And it's kind of a fixture in Texas music in New Braunfels. So that's on the list of 20 places. Kennedy Space Center, Titusville, Florida, is on the list as well. Haven't totally been there as, I guess, Titusville is not right by I-95, so you kind of have to go out of your way. I've been near here. I have not been to the Texas State Fair, and that's coming up real soon. That's in Dallas. Texas State Fair, always when Texas and Oklahoma play their little football game. That goes on when the Texas State Fair commences in Dallas. That's on the list of places to see before you die in the South. Also on the list of places to see, another Texas spot, Round Top Antique Show in Round Top, Texas, just outside of Austin. This makes a lot of sense. In May each year, you need to go to the Kentucky Derby in Louisville. That is on the list of 20 places to see before you die. I must have a lot of living ahead of me. There's not one of these places I've actually seen when it's going on including the Derby, and I haven't been to a fair. I've seen the fairgrounds in Dallas, but not to the actual Texas State Fair. So maybe i got a long, long road ahead of me, and maybe you do too. And maybe we can all go sip a mint julep at the Kentucky Derby sometime and laugh about all these places we still got to see in Dixie. Moving on in the list of places to see in the South, Ernest Hemingway's house in Key West, Florida. you got to see that before you croak. Is that where Hemingway killed himself? I think it is. But anyway, that's on the list. I wonder if Hemingway saw all these places before he cut his life short. Key West. I just, I've never been there. I've actually never been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. That's on the top 20 list. You're all going to probably demote me here on the Y'all Show. I'm probably not going to be able to come back in here anymore and do this show after reading this list from countryliving.com. But yeah, New Orleans is Mardi Gras. One of the places you got to see before you die. Howder Banks, North Carolina. I've not been there. I've been near it. I've been to the Crystal Coast. Beaufort. Or I'm sorry. It's, it's Beaufort, North Carolina. I just talked about it. Beaufort. And and also Moorhead City with Outer Banks. you got to go see Outer Banks, North Carolina. If you want to call yourself a human being, not even a southerner, you got to see these places according to countryliving.com. I need to come up with my list of 20 places. Some of these might be on there, but I'm not sure. But we got a, we got a lot more to go. we still got 12 more to go on our list, so let me hush and keep talking. National Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington, D.C. 
is on the list of 20 places you got to see before you upload. Hot Springs National Park, Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been to Hot Springs. Yeah, I guess I could, I could check that one off. And, of course, this is where you can go get a bath in 143-degree temperature water. Sounds good. I could use that. Hey, most people in the South have been here. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee and North Carolina. Now, that one is easy to, easy to pick that one on this list of 20 places. The American Royal World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City, Missouri. And they have this event each and every year. And you get to see the smoked meat competitions at their finest in KC. And a place you need to see before you die. Hey, you need to have a full belly. And why not go to Kansas City? Which it was a place, I'll show my ignorance once again. I've never been to Kansas City. And I never have been to the American Royal World Series of Barbecue. So, American Royal World Series of Barbecue, extend me an invitation. The Y'all Show will go there next time you have it. I've been here. Thankfully, this is one I've been to. Colonial Williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia. Yes, a true gym and one of the 20 places you got to see before you die. Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee is one of the places you got to see. I'm sure a lot of you have been to Graceland, and they've done a lot of work at Graceland, and they've got a new hotel there that is, when it was built, trying to put, put Opryland Hotel in Nashville out of business, from what I was told. But yeah, Elvis Presley's home, Graceland, and Memphis, one of the places you got to see. The Gateway Arch in St. Louis is something you need to see at 630 feet tall. The stainless steel arch, of course, is a symbol of St. Louis, and you need to see it. Centennial Olympic Park in Atlanta, Georgia, of course, held in Atlanta in 1996, was the Centennial Olympic Games. And Atlanta, I think, may be trying to get another Olympic Games back in the Peach State in the next 20, 30 years. I didn't go to the first Olympics, as I, I told people back in 96. They're like, are you going to the Olympics? And I'm like, no, I'll wait for it to come around the next time, which that was in 1996. And I was kind of joking, thinking that I'd live 100 years or so, and maybe I could go back to the second Atlanta Olympics. Hey, I might just make it. They might, they might have the Olympics again in Atlanta any day. I think they did a good job of hosting the Olympics. Woodville, Alabama. How about this? The Cathedral Cavern State Park in Woodville, Alabama, is a place you got to see before you die, according to countryliving.com. Charleston, South Carolina comes in in the top 20 places you got to see. And I know this place well, and they could not be more accurate. Home of Fort Sumter, home of Rainbow Row, home of Boone Hall Plantation, and great food, and of course, home of the Military College of South Carolina. Thus at it all. Go Bulldogs. Vicksburg Military National Park in Vicksburg, Mississippi is also on the list, and this is truly a solemn place along the Mississippi River where a humongous battle was fought in 1863, and the citizens of Vicksburg were starved to death in many cases by the Yankees who surrounded the city, but it is on the list of places you got to see before you die. And the last entry on the places from countryliving.com is the Winterthur Museum Garden and Library in Winterthur, Delaware, which I'm going to put a big asterisk by there. We don't really focus too much on Delaware. Delaware had a chance to be in the South, and they chose not to. They're kind of an honorary 
southern state just because they were below the Mason-Dixon line, but let me suggest to Nadia at Country Living a few other places that she could have put in there besides Delaware. But we, we need to do a story on Delaware. I know there's a town called Seaford that's very proud of their southern connection, and that's in the county. There's only three counties in Delaware, I think. And Rehoboth Beach is a nice place, supposedly. I've never been there. Got a good friend that lives there. Is a wrestling coach in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. But yeah, that's a list of the 20 places every Southerner should see before they die. And maybe you're like me. You got a lot of places you need to go see and take your time doing it because the longer you stretch it out, maybe the longer life you'll get to lead. When we come back, we're going to have a Dixie destination of Beaufort, North Carolina. That interview with Tourism Director Patricia Suggs is a coming up next. You know, as an allergy sufferer, you're wired differently. I sure feel that way. That's why there's Nasacort. It's different, too. You see, unlike antihistamines, Nasacort targets and inhibits more of the allergic inflammation that causes your congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. My antihistamine doesn't do that? None of them do. Oh, that is different. And it's why Nasacort's more effective at giving you 24-hour relief. So even if I'm wired differently... Nasacort stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half submerged on the ocean floor with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today, pronounced regionally as chowder, chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Get lost Leave this one horse town Like two rebels without a cause I've got people in Boston Ain't your daddy still in Des Moines We can pack up tomorrow Tonight let's flip a Back into y'all talk with a southern accent. John Rawl, glad to have you back with us. Our Twitter account is at y'all show. Well, we got this fun show started back in June of 2018. And the first week we were on the air, we had our first Dixie destination. And we reached in and found Beaufort, North Carolina, because that week they were getting ready to host one of the top 20 events in the Southeastern Tourism Society's listing of top 20 events as Beaufort holds each and every June a homes and gardens tour that is phenomenal. And we welcomed in from Beaufort the tourism director there, Patricia Suggs, to come on and kind of set the scene of what Beaufort was all about, including the restaurants that can be found there. And of course, a little bit about this home and garden tour. And it'll be June next year. We'll come around before you know it. And Beaufort was hit by Hurricane Florence, and, and Moorhead City all felt the effects as well as all that area of eastern North Carolina. And we thought that as a 
tribute to what a great place this is and how they're going to need our help, not only now by raising money through American Red Cross and other organizations. We need to help them out even beyond this first impact of the storm. Months down the road, perhaps go there and tour and spend money and check out the beauty that has that you'll find all over eastern North Carolina and even into South Carolina with the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach and, of course, Charleston, which wasn't hit that bad, not much damage at all down there. But still, the Carolinas need your help. And if a lot of people in the south, especially the further you get away from North and South Carolina, people, frankly, have never been to the coast of those areas in places like Arkansas and even in West Tennessee and Mississippi even, people there don't often go to the Atlantic side to go to the beach. So we're asking to please consider a visit to that part of the South in 2019 to help these people out and, frankly, to diversify your travel portfolio. And maybe you can add, just like we said in the previous segment, a, a new place, and perhaps one of the 20 places you can go to before you die. Well, let's bring on our interview now with Patricia as she talks about her lovely Beaufort, North Carolina, here on The Y'all Show. The interesting thing about Beaufort and the reason all these old houses were saved is that for many, many years, the town was only accessible by water. So um, basically, we were on the superhighway of ocean travel, but getting here by car or train or anything was very difficult. Yeah. So that's that's one of the important reasons that Beaufort's been saved, and also the reason that so many of the houses here that had that Bahamian or West Indian influence. Well, it's a really neat thing to see, and and I got to give you all a lot of credit. I should say y'all on this show at least. I got to give y'all. Y'all I, I use guys. I got to give you guys a lot of credit here because <laughs> it's tough to maintain historic homes anywhere, but my goodness. Beaufort is on the coast of North Carolina, which I feel sorry for you. Coastal North Carolina gets hammered by more hurricanes than any other area of the country, I think. So how have you been well, able to, to withstand all this? Honestly, we do. And one of our best houses that we own um, was basically had huge damage by, by three hurricanes that are, were one right after the other. It was Hurricane Dennis that came in once, then it circled back around, came in again, and then Hurricane uh, Floyd. Mm. So if you can imagine. But the good thing about it, when we started doing all the repair work, um, we quickly found that there was all this intricate, historic decorative paint in the home so we did a major restoration at that point so sometimes hurricanes can bring good things yes they have i withstood hurricane hugo in 89 and i can tell you it, it actually did a lot more it, it was terrible to, to, to experience it but it's amazing how things get cleaned up as a result of hurricanes we're talking mm -hmm. with patricia suggs She's representing the 58th Old Homes and Gardens Tour going on this weekend in Beaufort, North Carolina, on the crystal coast of North Carolina, a beautiful part of our region. And check it out. I've got to ask, Patricia, what is the oldest home that people can witness this weekend? Um, it is 
circa 1730. Mm. And it's amazing what the people have done to keep it part of that era. So, um, and they, they have, it's new owners and they have taken painstaking care to make sure the old hand plane doors are still the same and the floors. Now they have added a new, a new retro, um, refrigerator and a new oven. But other than that, it's, pretty pristine to see the way it would have been 1730 of course that's long before we became a country even and uh that was a great thing now you work with what's called the beaufort historic site tell us what that is well we have two acres and we're in the very center of the national registered historic district of the town Mm -hmm. and we own 14 old buildings so you can imagine the financial impact of owning that many buildings that need repair at all times but they range in ages from 1778 up to 1854 including an old jail uh the oldest wood frame courthouse in the state um and and we even own a 1968 English double-decker bus that we do tours of the town. And I think you even did a tour when you were here. I did. I got the chance yeah. to go to Beaufort and nearby Moorhead City. In fact, what, what separates Beaufort and Moorhead City? I know it's some water in there. What is that? It is. It's um, The intercoastal waterway is actually what separates it. Okay. And um, our waterfront here in town is gorgeous and so we get many boats that are traveling up and down the waterway. Yes. I'm telling you, you're hitting two of the things most dear to me this weekend. You've got a beach, which who doesn't like a beach, and beautiful homes. Now, the, the, the big question here, if you're able to get to the 58th annual Old Homes and Garden Tour going on in Beaufort, what about food? What can we eat while we're in Beaufort? <laughs> well... One thing about the tour that's always been a great thing, it's a time of community involvement. Mm -hmm. And the churches um, in town, they have their own fundraisers with women. Um, The women's groups of the churches have a luncheon at the Episcopal Church and then at the um, Methodist Church. I'm not sure if they're doing it this year, but they have homemade ice cream and then... Um, the Baptist Church, the youth do a hot dog lunch. They're cooking hot dogs outside, and then you can go into their parish hall and eat hot dogs, hamburgers, that kind of thing. Sounds good. And then and I... we've got plenty of restaurants that are open. Yes. We even have a new uh, brew pub right here in town. Ah. So you can get beer right across the street from us. And that was an encore of our June 21st interview with Patricia Suggs, Tourism Director in Beaufort, North Carolina, as she was on to talk about her lovely village of Beaufort, North Carolina, right on the Atlantic coast near Moorhead City, kind of halfway between Wilmington and the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And, of course, we want to keep Beaufort and all that part of North Carolina and South Carolina, too, in mind as they're still getting through all of the horrible effects of Hurricane Florence And, of course, one of the reasons we had Beaufort back on as a Dixie destination is for you to consider going to those parts of the South in 2019 or even later, and maybe around Christmas. could be well up and good by that time, and 
they need all the support that we can give them here. And y'all show is all about helping. And remember, the American Red Cross is taking direct donations right now in the Florence relief effort. Please consider going there and making a generous contribution. When we come back in hour two, we're going to look at some books available right now that you should check out before the summer comes to a halt. And then it's going to be Kentucky Wildcat Talk with Mike Allison. Microphone Mike Allison will be joining us from Lexington, Kentucky, as UK is off to a 3-0 start in football, and the Cats have college basketball season right around the corner. And Mike also helps out with the local single-A baseball team in Lexington, the Lexington Legends, winners of the Sally League last week. And we'll talk to him about some minor league baseball, too. So we get baseball, football, and basketball talk with Mike Allison coming up in hour two. Hang on, the Y'all Show with John Rawl will return. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Happy Thursday to you. Hour two of the Y'all Show with John Rawl continues. And you can reach us here anytime on the program, 803-816-1170. That's the number to call or text, 803-816-1170. Coming up just a few minutes down the road from here, we're going to go to Lexington, Kentucky, and check in with Mike Allison, a friend of the program. And he is a Kentucky Wildcats analyst, and he will be on to talk about Coach Mark Stoops's Kentucky Wildcat football team, which sits at 3-0, and they have a huge game at Kroger Field Saturday night as the Mississippi State Bulldogs come to town. And who is going to walk out of there 4-0? We'll get Mike's take on that, plus we'll talk some U.K. basketball. How many freshmen will be on John Calipari's team in 2018-19? Well, Mike will tell us, and we'll talk some minor league baseball with Mike Allison. All that is ahead on the Hour 2 of Y'all the talk show about the South. On the show about the South, we talk news, opinion, SEC football, including UK, and we also, from time to time, talk a little books. We have a feature called Buy the Book that we get you every now and then. And on today's episode, we're going to have our latest installment of Buy the Book. And the folks at southernliving.com came out with an article that I found, and I want to kind of go through this briefly with you here. The article by Caroline Rogers is titled, The Best New Books Coming Out, Summer 2018. Now, of course, this came out a while back, but since we are technically in summertime, if you don't have these books, perhaps Caroline's book suggestions might mean a whole bunch to you 
and we want to tell you about it. So here we go in our listing of books you might want to check out according to southernliving.com. A book called Florida by Lauren Groff. This is a collection of short stories, and Groff's previous work included the novels Fates and Furies, The Monsters of Templeton, and Arcadia, and she's got this book called Florida, and the New York Times best-selling author of the book called Fates and Furies is Lauren Groff. So, interesting story there. In fact, she's got a Florida panther as the image on the cover of this book. So, if, if it's got a Florida panther and it's about Florida, then you got my interest right there. Lauren Groff, author of this. Another book out there that is listed as one you need to check out is called Half Gods by Akil Kumarasamy. And I may have butchered that. I apologize, but that's an unusual last name right there from Akil, author of Half Gods. Also a book called In the Distance with You from Carla Gilfenbein. And she is a Chilean writer probing the mysteries of life in an enigmatic novelist named Vera Siegel and the curiosity she sparks in the people around her. I don't know what this has got to do with the South, but it's on this list from southernliving.com. So we'll tell you about it here on the Y'all Show. Looking at another book that surely has to do with the South, it's called Southernmost by Silas House. And this is the latest novel from House and explores the relationship between a father and his son as they flee to Key West, leaving behind the life they've known and along the way grappling with hard-won new understandings of family, tolerance, and love. This book came out back in June from Silas House called Southernmost. And author of What Belongs to You, Garth Greenwell, has on the cover of Southernmost a novel of painful, fierce love and necessary disaster of the bravery required to escape the prison of our days to make a better and more worthy life from Garth Greenwell talking about Southernmost. I need to get a job kind of like the guy does with all the movies giving you the sort of previews of movies. I need to get this for books here in the South. I like the name of this book. It's called Sweet and Low. It's stories by Nick White. The alchemy in this collection is that the alchemy in this collection is anything but ordinary. These fantastic short stories from Nick White introduce surprising, memorable, and ultimately human characters whose journeys play out on familiar southern landscapes and in White's thrillingly executed prose. Treeborn by Caleb Johnson. This is set in Alberta, Alabama, where its people, its past, and its uncertain future is the focus of Treeborn, a story about complicated legacies and the people who bring to life the places we call home. Treeborn by Caleb Johnson out on bookshelves right now. There There by Tommy Orange is another book southernliving.com says you need to check out. And that's a book that says it drops on us like a thunderclap, the big booming explosive sound of 21st century literature finally announcing itself. Tommy Orange's stunning debut novel is a powerful story about 12 characters assembling at the big Oakland powwow seeking tradition and grappling with their histories. Tommy Orange is there, there, also on newsstands. Now, this one, I don't know what it's about, but its name seems like it might be about South Carolina, but the image 
on the cover sure is it South Carolina. I don't think it is. It's a snowy mountain side, and it is upstate by James Wood. A family, a professor, and his daughters reunite in upstate New York and over the course of a week struggle with the pain of their past while asking essential questions about their present. So upstate. Yeah, I forgot about upstate New York. You know, South Carolina's upstate even has a college named University of South Carolina Upstate, the Spartans, and they play NCAA Division One basketball. That's upstate. So upstate New York, maybe you lost the trademark on that name, and when I see upstate, I think of South Carolina's upstate. I don't know of any other state in the South that calls an area upstate. Perhaps there is one. I know in, you know, you'd think of like a state like Alabama and Mississippi, which stretch a long way north to south. They might call their upper portions upstate, but they don't. It's North Alabama. It's North Mississippi. I guess you can't say North South Carolina. That'd be kind of confusing. However, did you know there's actually a town about 20 miles from where I grew up, and it's where my uncle lived and died, and it's called North South Carolina. That is the name, N-O-R-T-H, North, South Carolina, in Orangeburg County. And that's where my Uncle Zach lived until he passed away about five years ago. That's got to be confusing right there. Hey, where are you from? I'm from North South Carolina. Say what? (laughs) And finally, on the best new books coming out summer 2018 from southernliving.com, they've got Hannah Pittard's Visible Empire. A disaster has deep effects on the city of Atlanta, its citizens, and the progression of the civil rights movement in this novel based on the aftermath of a true event. The 1962 Air France Flight 007 crash of the Chateau de Sully. And I don't know anything about this 1962 Air France flight, but I need to check it out. And that's news to me. I don't know anything about this, but it's in this book, Visible Empire, from author Hannah Pittard. And again, it's one of the books southernliving.com says you need to check out summer 2018. And summer 2018 is about to wind down, so you better get on it. And thank you to southernliving.com for giving us some good reads for the summer slash early fall. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch from books to a guy who lives by the big blue book. Mike Allison will be joining us from Lexington, Kentucky, and he'll be talking Kentucky Wildcat sports, football, basketball, and even some minor league baseball. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. 
Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. And here on this program each Thursday, we have our SEC Spotlight. And we love that sound there from the University of Kentucky Wildcat Band. And we've got a Lexington sports personality joining us from the Bluegrass. And I'm going to call this interview with Mike Allison kind of a, a Bluegrass miracle. And I know that's usually not a very good thing in Lexington, Kentucky, to mention those two words together, bluegrass and miracle. It goes back to the 2002 game when LSU had an unbelievable touchdown pass at the buzzer to have a miracle there at Commonwealth Stadium. But the miracle today is that Mike's going to hopefully not only talk basketball, we got to have him talk basketball, of course, if you're going to do a Kentucky interview, and football, but the miracle is we might even mix a little baseball talk in there does that sound okay with you mike absolutely john good to hear from you thanks for having me on good to hear from you as you and i worked for many years on kentucky cat line bringing a dose of kentucky wildcat information across the bluegrass and more and it's good to catch up with you sir well we'll start off with football if you don't mind since it is football season then we'll get to basketball and then if we have time we'll mix in a little lexington kentucky baseball news that i want to share with everybody out there but first, football. You've got a 3-0 Kentucky Wildcat football team. The streak is over as Kentucky beat Florida for the first time in 31 years. Is everyone in Kentucky right now wearing blue and excited about what's going on with Mark Stoops' program? Yeah, absolutely they are. I'm 3-0, and and the Florida game obviously was huge. You know, my first attempt – to go into a UK football game in Commonwealth Stadium was in 1986. It was not the it was not the Florida games, okay. but it's safe it's safe to say that I have seen every loss since then. So, um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was a it was a pretty emotional night. Um, I, I I woke my son up screaming, and then before the night was over, I, I shed a tear to just. Just to know that what the whole fan base has gone through, you know, my grandfather took me to my my first game and I know that he, you know, never saw them win. I mean, he did see them, but then for 31 years didn't do it. So it was it was a big day um, for the big blue nation. And, you know, we were quiet going into it. Wasn't a lot of talk about what may or may not happen. And that's a pretty good sign. Like if we're trying to get ourselves too hyped, 
then, you know, it kind of, we might be hiding something, but we just went to Gainesville. We handled our business and drained the swamp. Um, and it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> nice political terminology there, draining the swamp. And that's exactly what Kentucky did in the second week of the football season when they went south and, and got that big win. Well, Mike, Kentucky historically has not been a horrible football program. It hasn't been wonderful, but it hasn't been horrible. It's kind of been teeter-tottering between average and sometimes below average, but sometimes above average. Never, never great. And last year is kind of an example of that. Stoops' team in 2017 started out strong and then kind of, kind of went downhill after that for a little bit. Still made it to a bowl game and such, but Tell us about what's going on with this team that's different this year versus 2017. Well, they, the SEC will beat you up. We okay. all know that. But but the thing that you really got to think about is this. All we've ever asked, and when I say we, I'm referring to the sensible football fan that understands that we're not Alabama, that we're not Auburn. Um, our defense may occasionally reflect what Ole Miss looks like here lately, but you know, <laughs> for, but the grand scheme of things, the true honest football fan, they just want to know that every week we have a chance to stay in the game. That's all we've ever, we don't want to have to deal with miracles and, and like, you know, facing a backup quarterback to get a win. And just cause you know, they'll say, well, in the record books, it's not going to say that, uh, Picture freshman quarterback came in. It's just going to say, what we want is to know that each and every week we're prepared, and that's what we're seeing this week. The guy or this year rather, the guys like each each position they get together, they work together, they listen. They've got a lot of drive. You can see it, um, you know, in the locker room conversation. You can hear it. You could hear it at media day, and it doesn't hurt that. Benny Snell could run through a brick wall and the brick wall would end up on the injury report. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good year. Things are all falling into place. And a lot of that has to do with sticking with Mark Stoops and, and getting through it and not just, you know, pulling the plug after two so-so seasons. Yeah. Well, he's got some veteran experience too. You, you talk about, uh, you know, the brick wall running back and then you've got a quarterback that, at times was wonderful in the past and at times you had to wonder who, which team he was throwing the ball to, but he's come through with a, a pretty good start to 2018. So veteran experience on both sides of the ball seems to be a key in 2018. Well, what we, we've gone out to look for is winners and uh, touchdown touchdown. Terry is that, you know, he got some reps in a pro style offense at Oregon and then, uh, you know, had to sit out a year. And so we've got some time to grow with him. But and then the other thing is you got some position players. I mean, we've got the top third or the third highest rated tight end on the NFL draft boards right now in CJ Conrad. And it's not because he catches twelve balls a game for 150 yards, but he blocks like he's probably the best blocking tight end in the country. And then on the opposite side of the ball, you've got probably uh, I'm going to go out and say it. The, one of the best linebackers in the country in, in Josh Allen, the guy he can drop back into coverage and cover slot receivers. He can get pressure on the quarterback. He's extremely elusive. And it's just stuff that we're not accustomed to having here. I mean, we've had the Randall Cobbs and we've had the one offs in between, but to have some depth and to have some actual NFL talent on the roster um, with, with some backups behind them that have some promise, it's just a good position to be in. Well, you mentioned touchdown Terry. That would be one Terry Wilson. 
and he's done a good job for Big Blue thus far. How much time has Gunnar Hoke had behind center this year? Well, when you do what you're supposed to do and you get um, you get up high on a team like Murray State, which actually has a really good football program, and it just kind of goes to show you what Kentucky's been working on in the offseason. He got some snaps in the second half against Murray State and actually led, the, led a couple touchdown drives. And we got to see um, some young some young running backs too, Saheem King, A.J. Rose, like both of those guys. Like, we don't have to worry about when Benny Snell inevitably goes to the NFL, what are we going to do to replace him? And we got this other kid, I can't remember his first name, but he's a true freshman, Rodriguez, and he's an absolute monster too. So we're starting to see some SEC caliber and NFL caliber talent at the University of Kentucky, and that's got all the football fans going crazy, but the sensible ones are still sitting there we're, you know, we're used to things not going our way, so we take everything with a grain of salt. But each and every week, we just feel we're going to come out, we're going to compete, and we're going to take a couple on the chin, absolutely. And winning at Florida was a, was a big win because SEC East wins are hard to come by. But the end result is if we can put a team on the field each and every week that we're confident in, that's what a majority of us ask for. Right. Help me, Mike, as someone myself who doesn't follow the recruiting scene all that much, Benny Snell, who else was he recruited by heavily before he chose Lexington as his destination? Do you remember? That was a couple of years ago, but I do want to say Ohio State was on there. Okay. And I don't I um I really don't remember off the top. Um, but you know, you gotta think that's right along the same lines when Damian Harris who now the whole world knows about, had narrowed it down to two schools, Alabama and Kentucky, and inevitably chose Alabama because, I mean, why wouldn't you? And would you, here we would are. You, come on, Mike. Would you choose yeah, Alabama? I, no, if, if my football skill was at a point high enough to where Alabama was interested in me, at that point it becomes a business decision, and you got to go to Alabama. DeMarcus Cousins is the perfect example for that, and I don't mean to give you a, a basketball transition because I love talking football, yeah. but DeMarcus Cousins could have gone to Alabama and probably done the exact same thing, and they would have had 12 losses in the season. They'd have maybe made it to the final game of the SEC tournament, barely sneaked in the NCAA tournament, and then either surprise somebody or get beat. And, you know, I know Colin Sexton still got drafted last year, but DeMarcus Cousins became a household name and a perennial MVP candidate. And a lot of that has to do with him making a business decision to go to the University of Kentucky, even if he was the best player in the history of the state of Alabama. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Kentucky offense for just a minute. When I saw them play against Florida, and I've seen this a few times, Ten years ago in college football, all the rage was in the, what was at one time called the Wild Hog and then the Wild Rebel, and it's really the Wild Cat, which there's no place better to have that than at Kentucky, and Kentucky still utilizes that as an option on their offensive scheme. What is the kind of decision-making on choosing when to run that particular offensive formation? I think the goal is to put yourself in a third and manageable okay. you obviously can't you can't run it from a third and 14 we've got one of the best offensive lines in the sec if not the best and so that gives you the option but if you're third and two third and three and we line up in the wild benny wow or benny. okay who, yeah. i was wondering what the name was got, whoever you've got i don't know if that's the name that's just what i'm gonna call well, it, it should be uh, wildcat because there's no better place because that's what it originally was called anyway i think wildcat formation but yeah is benny the likely you're, you're at 
you're right. No, Benny is the majority. He runs at the majority, but sometimes you'll see Sahin King. But the my favorite part is the fact that we have some ripples out of that set. It's not always a hesitation. A lot of times you'll get Lynn Bowden across uh, with a sweep that and he'll take this and he'll take the snap while he's in motion. It's a dangerous play, but it has worked, and that keeps the defenses honest. But I'm telling you right now, if it's third and three or less and you see Benny in the backfield, he's getting the ball, and you're not stopping him. All right. And I get per- perfect example of that. Florida game, they'd set it up on a third and eight, and he got four. So that's that. if you're in third and manageable, it can happen. Third and eight, third and nine, you know, you've limited yourself on the playbook. and that, So that's what we're shooting for every week. Well, I don't know if you speak German or not, Mike, but one of the words in German is schnell. And do you know what yep. sh- you know what schnell means in German? Very fast. That's right. So Benny's last name is very appropriate. I wonder if he's German. I wonder. Well, he is definitely not German. <laughs> we're talking with microphone Mike Allison in Lexington, Kentucky, and he is a Wildcat sports aficionado, and we are glad to have him coming on today's Y'all Show, where we are talking. Big Blue Nation. We're going to go to a break and come back, and we'll get Mike's take on this weekend's big game at not Commonwealth Stadium anymore. What was that all about? It's now called Kroger Field. Did you did you suggest that name change? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Does it have a nickname now, like the grocery store or something like that? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure it's uh, safe for radio. Okay. All right. So Big Blue Nation is not exactly happy about that change. No, no, I don't really care. I mean, it's kind of like there's going to be people that are always going to call it Commonwealth Stadium. Uh-huh. And techni- I mean, it's Kroger Field. The stadium itself is still technically Commonwealth Stadium. Okay. They like to call it Kroger Field. And here's the thing. Um, you know, if you hopefully if you got a Kroger Plus card, maybe that saves you some money on tickets. I don't know. But <laughs> as long as we keep as long as we keep getting wins, I don't really care what you call it. All but right. I will say I will say this. Getting that sponsorship led the way to some dramatic and desperately needed improvements at Kroger Field. And for that, I'll call it whatever you want. So Kroger is your favorite grocery store now, huh? I don't have a choice. (laughs) All right, Mike. Well, we'll talk to you not about shopping when we come back. We will talk some more about this weekend's big Mississippi State-Kentucky matchup at Kroger Field. We'll get some Kentucky basketball info from you before we say adieu. And we've got some news coming from Lexington, Kentucky, but it's not about the Big Blue Nation. It's about a minor league baseball team in Lexington, Kentucky that just pulled off a great feat, and Mike has some really good connections to that. We'll tell you about it next here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. 
To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's AVANT.com, promo code 1818. Wrapping up this Thursday, y'all, our final segment of the show that's all about the South. We talk news, we talk opinion, we've got cooking, we've got a little bit of everything here on this program, including sports talk, and of course, on Thursdays, we put a big old blue and yellow SEC logo in front of us, and today on the program, with that blue and yellow logo, we've got the blue shining brightly as we're talking Kentucky Wildcat sports with microphone Mike Allison in Lexington, Kentucky. And we're glad to have Mike joining us once again for this segment. Big Blue Nation welcomes in the Mississippi State Bulldogs this weekend to Kroger Field. This is a clash between two 3-0 programs this weekend in Lexington. And a lot of eyes have been on Mississippi State. They've got a new coach. Things seem to be going the right direction in Stark Vegas. But Kentucky's got a lot of things going right for their program. So, Mike, what's your take on this weekend's big game between the Cats and the Dogs? See, Mississippi State game is always a tough one. It always, to me, it always seems like the team that is supposed to win doesn't. Um, there have been times where we've played Mississippi State and later in the year we can get uh, bowl eligible with a victory and we'll be coming off two or three straight wins and and, and we'll drop the ball, um, literally and figuratively, a couple times. <laughs> and then there's been a couple of times when there's been like a five and one Mississippi State come into a three and three Kentucky, and they just think that they're going to go, you know, right on to a bowl and an eight or nine win season, and and, and we shock them. I mean, Dickie Lyons Jr. had a, a great game against them a couple years ago, and nobody in the world gave us a chance to beat them, and we did that. But then. You fast forward a couple years, and we're we're five and one. We've been ranked in the top ten. Mississippi State comes into town three and three, having to win against us to have any possibility to be bowl eligible. And it's unseasonably cold. And I don't know what happened the night before. We must have gone out partying, and we completely dropped the ball on it. But I think this year we both come in three and zero. Oh. It's earlier in the season, so injuries aren't going to play. Kroger Field is going to be uh, is going to be extremely rowdy. And I think Mississippi State's got their hands full. I don't I don't want to be too cocky or too confident, but I know that we're going to be ready to play. And on the flip side, so, uh, you know, Mississippi State will be ready to play, too. It's always a battle, and to, I'm quite thankful we don't have to go to Starkville and deal with all the cowbells. Yeah. Of course, Kentucky and Mississippi State are cross-divisional foes. They play each and every year and have for a long, long time. And, of course, MSU – they're in the top 20. Kentucky's not quite there, but maybe a win over the Bulldogs this weekend. You can see the Kentucky Cats back in the top 25, which how long has it been since they were in the top 25? Were they in there last year? Yeah, we've peaked. I don't know about last year. We peak in and we peak out. I, you know, back in 07, we made it to number eight, and I knew that that was a rarity, so I cut the newspaper article and the coaches poll out. 
And I personally think, um, based on how we've played this year and how some of the other top 25 teams have fared, that it's absolutely ridiculous that we're not in the top 25. But I don't care. Well, that just gives us another week to sneak up on somebody. All right. So what is your projection beyond Mississippi State for the rest of this year? How do you see things playing out for Coach Stoops' squad? Well, every year as a Kentucky fan, we've learned to accept that we're going to win one that we're not supposed to, and then we're going to lose one that we absolutely should have. I, um, you know, my my heart says ten and two, my head says eight and four, okay. and I, I think I think we're somewhere right in between that. If it's eight and four, it is a step in the right direction. I, um, I think Georgia looks unbelievable. I really think Missouri's playing good football, and they match us up really well. Um, and I, and then again, we'll lose one that we're not supposed to. And then this game this weekend is, is, is a tough one. Where's the Georgia game this year? It is, uh, I think it's here. Okay. I don't know. What about? Georgia, yeah, I think it's here. Okay. Well, we play them tough no matter where, but they're incredibly good. Yeah. Now who is your West division opponent that you don't play on every year's basis? Who is that this year? It is Texas A&M at Texas A&M, and I, that scares me to death. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep, keep that one circled on the calendar of what if. Hey, how about Kentucky's streak? They had a bad streak with 31 straight losses to the Florida Gators, but how about this little streak that's been brewing for, I think, four years, possibly five? The Kentucky Wildcat football team has knocked off the South Carolina Gamecocks for at least four, or is it five years? It's it's four. Um, it's four. And um, those games, you know, that was a, a big deal because that that a um, couple years ago, it started with Joker Phillips finally beating Steve Spurrier. And then um, and Mark Stoops' team have came in here. And every year I think we take it personal because every year we hear about how, um, you know, whether it's Muschamp or whoever, that how South Carolina has improved and this, that and the third. And yet we still beat them and nobody ever says anything about us. And I think our guys, I think our guys take it personal. And I think that's that has a lot to do with the streak. Plus, we just match up really well together. I mean, a couple of years ago, they jumped out on us early. We stuck to our guns, came, um, stayed committed to our assignments, and came out with the victory. And then a couple year, uh, about four or five years before that, we turned them over five times in the first half at Commonwealth Stadium. And then they went home with the loss. They had a receiver by the name of Alshon Jeffrey, who we now know has some of the strongest hands in the NFL. So it's all, I never know, but we match up well with them. It's always a good game. I got to go down to William Bryce Stadium last year. I was not impressed. Um, and then obviously, you know, we represent Commonwealth, or excuse me, Kroger Field very well. <laughs> and you had a big win there in Columbia, South Carolina last yes, we did. year. Hey, you mentioned a blast from the past. Joker Phillips, what's he doing these days? I have no idea. Oh, okay. So he's, you know, he's a former Kentucky player. Is he not hanging out in Lexington or is he coaching somewhere? No, I mean, he was a receivers coach at Florida one year and uh, he was an assistant somewhere else. And I honestly, I haven't kept up with it. Great guy. Yeah. Um, class act. He came out and threw a first pitch at a Legends game one time and uh, totally a pleasure to speak with. But, uh, you know, we've just moved in a different direction. Yep. The pride of Franklin, Kentucky. Joker Phillips, former UK head football coach. All right, well, microphone, Mike, Allison, we've got your football scoop. Anything else we need to get from you football-wise before we move over to the round ball? No, we're good. Okay, we're good, we're good. Now, hopefully football will usurp basketball in Lexington, Kentucky, but in case that doesn't happen, Kentucky is, of course, a very historic program for college basketball. 
What's the latest with John Calipari's Big Blue Nation Wildcat team? We've got one of the top recruiting classes in the country. Um, not number one. Duke has that, but that's okay. I think it'll be us and Duke all year long, and we're going to find that out really, um, really early on in the season because we actually open up in the Champions Classic versus Duke. Um, you know, Big Blue Bandits right around the corner on October 12th. People are already starting to camp out for tickets to a practice, which I will never understand, especially now that it's on TV. But it is all about the experience, and that's that's pretty much what we rely on. Uh, we've got a really young team, but they got to go down um, to the Bahamas and play some professionals. And I think that experience right there, not only is it just an awesome trip, but to have a young team and get to play four or five games you know, three months before you're actually supposed to even have your first practice is I think that's a, a huge benefit. And there, there's some guys on the team that I look really, really forward um, to watching play, uh, starting off with Tyler Harrow, uh, you know, six, seven, six, eight uh, swing guard with probably the smoothest, the smoothest stroke we've had um, since Devin Booker, if not even further back. Now, if if I were a person going to Vegas and projecting the starting lineup for Calipari's squad in the heat of SEC play, for example, how many of those five players are going to be true freshmen this year? I'd say four. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think down low um, we're going to have, well, that's not true. Um, yeah, four, because it's either going to be quad A green um, starting at the point or off the ball, but it could also be um, Nick Richards starting down low. Um, depending on how he, depending on how he develops uh, through the season, um, so and but it could very well be five. It could very well be five. Okay, because it's been somewhere between four and five really for years now. With this, yeah, we just we've just gotten a, we've just gotten accustomed to it, and uh, and, and it, it's different if it's four freshmen that don't have any experience. But these are not your normal freshmen, so it's okay. All right. The last time Kentucky won a national championship now, that's been, what, seven, eight years? 2012. Oh, it's been that. Okay, 2012. I, I remember yep. I remember you and I were working together when that happened. And, uh, you made Absolutely. Me, you made me play some championship-type music on Kentucky Catline. But, golly, yep. I know Kentucky fans are ready for another one. Yeah, you know, we've been to the Final Four a couple of times. We've had a couple of teams really overachieve since then with the Harrison Twins and a few others, and then a couple of uh, couple of disappointing. I mean, we were 38-0 and lost to a really hungry Wisconsin team that was thirsty for revenge because we ruined their good season uh, the year before that. And, and to me, I mean, they were 38-1, and and we didn't hang a banner, but, I mean, we hung a Final Four banner, but we didn't hang a national championship. But to me, that's still one of the best college basketball teams ever assembled. And I'll argue that with anybody. And I, that's coming from a guy who loves the old 90s UNLV teams, will will even acknowledge UCLA's run, and, and even whether I want to admit it or not, some of those Duke teams. So, I, But that, that team was really special. And I, I remember talking to Donnie, who was my co-host, and we really wanted uh, – we really wished we could have done just a one-off show to honor that team. But, you know, be that as it may. Yeah. Who's going to give Kentucky a run for the money for the SEC this year? Um, Tennessee, believe it or not, as much as I hate to say that, has got a great coach, and they're returning some guys, and they beat us. They beat us twice last year. So hopefully we're thirsty and we've got a newer team, so they're not going to be completely ready, and it'll be some new faces. But Tennessee is really strong. Vandy is okay. Missouri is going to be all right. Um, they're recovering from you know losing Michael Porter, but still, 
um, those are the teams that I would look out for. And you always have to look out for Auburn. Um, I never know who they've got, but I know as long as Bruce Pearl's at the helm, they have a poten- they have some potential. Didn't Auburn win the SEC in 2017-18? Yes. They won the regular season crown. and then they Yeah, not the of, tournament. Yeah, they kind of fell apart in the postseason. I think they only won one game in the NCAA tournament before losing to Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Out. Yep, that's correct. And, hey, how about my basketball knowledge here? I, I'm no Mike Allison, but I'm, I'm trying to – Trying to go back in the archives and, and well, I'm a little I'm a little rusty, but you know, uh, you caught me on a good day. Hey, hey, basketball will be here before you know it, and we'll yep. we'll we'll be talking to you, assuming you don't hang up on me from here on out. We'll be talking to you periodically on the Y'all Show because you're a guy that really likes your college basketball, and I appreciate that. And you like sneakers too. Yep, you know, but having a five year old put a put a kind of pretty much put a stop <laughs> to the sneaker game, but yeah. Well, you probably keep up with sneakers. What's the latest sneaker out there that I should be searching for? Uh, man, they've, it's gotten it's gotten pretty crazy. But the shoe that I want and haven't managed to get is a pair of uh, Levi's uh, Jordan Fours, uh, the all white, the all white denim Jordan Fours. So Levi's jeans and Jordan did a collaboration, and um, there's been some stuff come out since then. But I those are ones that I wish I could have really gotten a hold of. And they retail for roughly how much? Uh, the retail was two twenty five. They they go anywhere from four to eight hundred on um, the secondary market. <sighs> wow. Well, I can set my goals. After we make it big here on the Y'all Show, I can go get me a pair of blue jean tennis shoes. That doesn't. Say, <laughs> you know, that kind of sounds a little redneck, Mike. Just a little. You reckon they're trying to? I mean, I I am in Kentucky. Yeah, that kind of sounds like maybe they're going for more of the redneck buyer instead of the urban buyer. I guess uh, you might you might be surprised. <laughs> well, let's talk some baseball if you don't mind, real quickly. Absolutely. If you ever are in Lexington, Kentucky, and you go to a minor league game, you probably know the voice that we're talking to right now. He is microphone Mike Allison, and he works for the Lexington Legends of the South Atlantic League. And oh, by the way, the Legends just captured the championship of the Sally League. They are the Kansas City Royals Single A affiliate. So congratulations to you, and we're going to give some love to our other Southern minor league baseball teams here after we give you the proper salute. So I'm saluting you, Mike. Well, I appreciate it. A lot of hard work, man. There's uh, obviously the team on the field. We knew very early on this year they're going to be really special. Um, Kansas City is an organization that has to build from the ground up. You know, they're not the Dodgers. They're not the Yankees. They've got them some money, but they just don't have the money to keep up with that. So they have to – they value – their scouts and the role they play and the farm system and building them up. And we've known whether it's been in the short season or in double a or their Omaha team is consistently in the playoffs. We knew it was only a matter of time until a great team was assembled at the single a level um, in Lexington. And then, so this year we knew very early on that we had a really good team. They scrapped. So even on the nights that they get, that they lose, um, you, they were. You felt like they were in it. There was there was maybe one game all season where you just felt like there was no chance, and that says a lot about a team. I mean, because you got to think about it. We had five nineteen-year-olds this year. We had seven non-English speaking, and I don't. And I mean, they didn't speak English at all. And that was their first time in a full season, hundred and forty game. And for them to gel together and and each and every night come out there um, and put their best foot forward. 
it was it was truly impressive. I you know a long time coming. It's been since 2001 since we had a team with a legitimate shot to win the whole thing. We've made the playoffs a couple times, but the last time we made the playoffs was 06. So you're looking at you know 12 year playoff drought, and we lost the first half. The South Atlantic League is broken down into two halves. We finished in second place in the first half by a half a game, and you know, so our front office staff was like, oh, so close. And then we started the second half of the season off on a seven-game losing streak. Again, they were in every game. They just didn't roll in our favor. And you're thinking, oh, man, here we go again. And then they snapped out of it. They won nine in a row and then 13 out of 15. And the next thing you know, we're two games up in first place with, with 10 to go. And then, you know, we had four games left, and we only needed to win one to secure the playoff spot. And we did that on the road, and then we were able to fall on. And we drove, you know, in the South Atlantic League. There's nothing like going all the way to New Jersey and win the <laughs> South Atlantic League title. But that's exactly what we did. And I'm telling you right now, I, I, again, I don't know how many diehard Kansas City Royals fans we have listening to the program, but the future of the Kansas City Royals was in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend. Or this year, I mean. Yeah. Nick, Pro- Nick Prado, our first baseman, Suley Matias hit 31 home runs in 96 games which is practically unheard of. You know, MJ Melendez, uh, all-star catcher, Sebastian Rivero, he's our backup catcher, and he still made the all-star team, if that tells you anything. We had closers hitting 97, 98 miles an hour as a 20-year-old out of high school. We Then we are starters. You know, we had the number one from Florida that you all probably saw in the College World Series, uh, Jackson Coar, and then Lynch um, played at Virginia, uh, and – He's just absolutely filthy. So I'm, I guarantee you, like, I know that it's my job to sell baseball, and I'm going to tell you that these guys are going to make it to the big show one day. But I believe that we saw the core of, like, the 2022 Kansas City Royals. And I think the rest of them are going to be filled in with talent that we've had in Lexington these past couple of seasons. A guy like Khalil Lee. Like, I think your outfield one day could very easily be Brewer Hicklin, Khalil Lee, Sumi Matias, all three of those guys have played for Lexington in the past couple of years and between them have about seven or eight sports center top 10 plays already. And they're just in low A and high A ball respectively. Well, the Lexington legends got a good one when they hired you to represent as the legends are your South, South Atlantic league champs, by the way, other teams in the Southern league, Southern division of the Sally league include the Charleston river dogs, Columbia fireflies, the Greenville drive, and then you got the Rome Braves. Are there any other South Division teams I'm leaving out? Uh, not necessarily from the South, but you got to also know that they just break that up. So you got you got a team of the Kannapolis Intimidators. They've been in the South before. Sometimes okay. they're in the North. They flip flop it. And your West Virginia Power yeah. and um, uh, Augusta Green Jackets. Oh, and yeah. The Greensboro Grasshoppers. And I think we've covered just about everybody and you know it's a beautiful business that we work in because every one of those teams you just named i've been able to develop relationships with people in their front office staff and we all understand what we do i mean as we speak right now i'm, I'm with a couple of my co-workers and there's 17 of us in the front office that we had 114 tart pools uh, this year um, we were dealing with rain in late August. We had a game snowed out this season. We've been up on the roof getting foul balls out of the gutter hmm. because because of just rain. And it's just we do whatever it takes to make sure these guys only have to focus on baseball. And it's truly rewarding when at the end of the year we ho- we win the last game, we hold the trophy up. And even though we never stepped on the field and made a single play, it's a victory for us as well. 
Well, again, minor league baseball, something we don't talk a lot about, but it has a major presence in the Southeast, and we want to give our love to the Lexington Legends champs. And I need to give, John, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do need to give a shout-out to my my first boss in minor league baseball. Also, his team won their league this year. The Midwest champions are the Bowling Green Hot Rods in the western part of this beautiful state, and their general manager is Eric Leach, who was my first boss in minor league baseball, and he taught me a lot of valuable lessons, and uh, I'll hopefully see him at the winter meetings and get to congratulate him in person, but we're very proud. We're very proud of them as well. Yeah, and all the minor league leagues basically have wrapped up their seasons in the last week or two. And, again, the Hot Rods, part of the Tampa Bay Rays organizations, winners of the Midwest League. In the Appalachian League, the Elizabethan Twins won that league. In the Florida State League, the Fort Myers Miracle won. In the Carolina League, the Bowie's Creek Astros captured that. In the Texas League, the Tulsa Drillers won the Texas League. In the Great su- organization. Yeah. In the Southern League, a little bit of a surprise, the Jackson Generals from Jackson, Tennessee, a Diamondbacks affiliate, they captured the Southern League for the first time in a few years. So congratulations! And one of my for- and one of my former interns runs their box office. So awesome. see, we all we keep it in the family. Yeah, go green there in Jackson, Tennessee. International League, the Durham Bulls, Tampa Bay Rays of AAA affiliate, capturing that league. And how about the AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cards, the Memphis Redbirds, won the Pacific Coast League just the other day. And that's kind of a look around minor league baseball. We've done it all. I told you we're going to have a miracle here on this program with Mike. Allison with a little minor league baseball and, of course, Kentucky Wildcat football and basketball talk. Thank you so much, Mike. You have earned your paycheck today. Well, pleasure uh, to be back on the air with you, John. Anytime you need, just give me a shout. All right. And go Legends and go Wildcats. Go Legends, go Cats. (laughs) Well, that will conclude today's Y'all Show. Thank you so much for tuning us in on great stations across the Southeast. We'll be right back here tomorrow to wrap up the week with our Friday Free for Y'all We've got some goodies that you don't want to miss out. Thanks for listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids.
where families find answers. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. 